Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Lehman's Random Podcast, and today we will be speaking um, about mental health um, in this country, my battles that I've had with mental health, and what we can do to bring awareness to mental health, and what are steps to um, helping people with mental health, or if you're struggling with your own mental health, what steps you can take to um, better yourself and uh, to actually deal with your mental health instead of letting it um, just fester. Um, so I just want to bring up, um, I just want to start out with some statistics um, just to show how serious this topic is and how much it is a problem, uh, especially in this country, especially uh, with as we're waiting to see who is the next president of the United States, uh, dealing with the COVID pandemic. Um, and I've, I have quite a bit of statistics, so it's going to be, um, quite a bit to digest. Um, but I just want, I just want to make sure that the seriousness of the mental health problem, especially in this country is taken seriously. And, um, just trying to shed some light on it. Um, so I got the first set of statistics I got from, um, this is this website called mentalhealthnational.org. They, um, conduct tests, um, and studies of mental health in this country. Um, so they're a real reliable source. I suggest that you look it up. You can actually download the report, uh, for, uh, 2020 so far, um, so I just want to, I'm just going to read some stuff, um, and it's up to you what you want to do with these stats. So, this is the first stat. Young mental health is worsening. 9.7% of youth in the U.S. have severe major depression compared to 9.2% uh, in the last year's data set. This rate was the highest among youth who identify as more than one race at 12.4%. Even before COVID-19, the prevalence of mental health, mental illness among adults was increasing. In 2017-2018, 19% of um, adults experienced a mental illness and an increase of 1.5 million people over last year's data set. Suicidal um, Probably not going to pronounce this word right. Ideation. Um, basically, uh, having a, they're saying, so basically, people who are having suicidal thoughts among adults is, is increasing. The percentage of adults in the U.S. who are experiencing serious thoughts of suicide increased 0.15% from 2016 to 2017 to 2017 to 2018, and an additional 460,000 people from last year's data set. There is still unmet, there's still an unmet need for mental health treatment among youth and adults. 60% of youth with major depression did not receive any mental health treatment in 2017-2018. Even in states with greatest access, over 38% are not receiving mental health services they need. Among youth with severe depression, only 27.3% received consistent treatment. 23.6% of adults with mental illness reported with unmet need for treatment in 2017-2018. The number has not declined since 2020-11. The percentage of adults with mental illness who are uninsured increased for the first time since the passage of the Affordable Care Act nationally. 10.8% are uninsured, totaling 5.1 million adults. This figure uh, dramatically across this figure differs dramatically across states in New Jersey, which ranked number one. 2.5% of adults with um, AMI are uninsured, um, which I'm pretty sure means adult mental illness, are uninsured compared to the 23% in Wyoming which ranks n number 51. The number of people looking for help 
uh, with anxiety and depression has skyrocketed from January to September 2020. Um, 315, 220 people took the anxiety screen and a 93% increase over the 2019 total number of anxiety screens. 5,034,784 people took the, a, the depression screen and a 62% increase over the 2019 total number um, depression screens. The number of people screening with moderate to severe systems of depression and anxiety has continued to increase throughout 2020, remains higher than the rates prior to COVID-19. In September 2020, the rate of moderate to severe anxiety peaked with over 8 in 10 people <coughs> Excuse me. who took the anxiety screen scoring with moderate to severe systems. Over 8 over eight in 10 people who took the depression screen have scored with systems of moderate to severe depression constantly since the beginning of the pandemic in March 2020. More people are reporting the f frequent thoughts of suicide and self-harm um, than have ever been recorded in the MHA, MHA screening program since its launch in 2014. Since COVID-19 pandemic began to spread rapidly in March 2020, over 178,000 people have reported frequent suicidal thoughts. 30% of people um, reported having thoughts of suicide more than half or nearly every day in um, September 2020. Young people are struggling the most with their mental health. The portion of youth ages 11 to 17 who assessed screening was 9% higher than the average in 2019. Not only that the number of youth searching for help with their mental health increasing, but throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, youth ages 11 through 17 have been more likely than other age group to score for moderate severe systems of anxiety and depression. Rates of suicidal thoughts are are highest among youth, especially with the LGBTQ plus youth. And September 2020, over half of the 11 to 17-year-olds reported having thoughts of suicide or self-harm more than half or nearly every day of the previous two weeks. From January to September 2020, um, 77,470 7, youth reported experiencing three uh, suicidal thoughts, including 27,980 LGBTQ plus youth. More uh, people. Uh, we'll skip that one that wasn't. That had nothing to do with the report. Um, skip it. Okay, that's where I want to go. Sorry. Uh, with the rates of um, anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts are increasing for people of all races and ethnicities. The notable differences in those changes over time. Black or African American screeners have had the highest per average percent change over anxiety and depression, while Native American or American Indian screeners have had the highest average percent change over time for suicidal thoughts. Um, so just starting with those, um, just some things that stood out for me. Um, I did skip some over some statistics. They were just repeating themselves. Um, the stuff that I already read. Um, I think what really, um, really stood out for me, um, is the fact how much it is affecting the youth. Um, more so, and I can see why, especially... Um, they're not out with their friends at school. Um, a lot of kids are doing remote um, learning, and um, just dealing with the, pan the pandemic. I mean, they haven't really lived life yet, and they don't have um, as great coping skills as maybe some of us adults do. And I'm not saying that some of us adults have great have the greatest coping skills, but we've kind of learned. That life sucks at times, and um, you have to push through uh, sometimes. And when you are 
a teenager or younger, your brain is still developing, and that and this pandemic is a lot for these kids to handle. I know, I think a little bit too much to handle. Um, another thing um, is that more people are um, are reporting thoughts of suicide and self harm uh, that has ever been recorded in the screening um, since its launch in twenty fourteen. Um, definitely with this pandemic, it has probably made it a lot worse. Um, there's a lot of isolation. Um, people are, especially if you, you've always, let's just go with being an adult. You have a job, you're always busy, busy. Um, you've been able to go out with your friends and stuff. And if you're a person who doesn't deal with their, um, issues or stuff that's affecting them mentally, you're now at home, probably working, maybe working at home, or you're just at home in general, and you may be, maybe you're on unemployment, but it's the fact that you are at home more of the time, and now you have to face what you've been trying not to face, and I can, I can definitely understand um, the rise of self-harm and suicide, it really saddens me, but I do understand it, um, and the fact that, like, um, 37% um, people have reported having thoughts of suicide more than half or nearly every day in September of this year. Um, you know, it's just, it's really crazy. I mean, I think the election, you know, has had something to do with it too. Um, just my honest opinion, we haven't, haven't been given two, the greatest two choices. So it's kind of, it gives you a little bit of anxiety. Like, is this country going to get any better? Um, and I can see why that's gone up. Um, and then I think what's really sad, especially where it's 2020, um, that, um, and I'm, I don't, I can't say that I've, you know, I can't say I know what an LGBTQ plus person goes through. Um, but the fact, um, I don't know if, especially for, um, people who are, um, identify as transgender, if they're not able to get the services that they need for transition, um, I could see that maybe driven, uh, driven some people who identify as transgender to self-harm or suicidal thoughts, um, especially if you're an LGBTQ, uh, plus youth and your parents don't accept, um, who you identify and who you are, um, and have to deal with that every, you know, day, that I, I can't imagine having to put up with that, um, you know, you know, there's just a lot of isolation and loneliness, um, and I can see with, um, specifically with the black community, with depression and anxiety going up, um, with all this year, uh, the increase of, um, police murdering black people, um, with the riots, um, and with that Kyle guy shooting, um, up protesters, um, you know, this election, uh, specifically, um, uh, you know, with the possibility of Trump being reelected, um, I can, I can definitely see why in the black community that would go up, um, and these, just with these, Pacific statistics, um, I hope, um, you will look it up, to, um, just to give you the website, um, it's www.mhanational.org slash issues slash state, um, the little minus sign, mental, minus sign, health, minus sign, um, America, um, that's where I got the report from. And this next, um, these are less of the statistics. Uh, this is from the nationalcouncil.org um, slash topics vet, uh, veterans. Um, I have a friend um, that is going, is running, um, doing throughout the month to raise awareness for veteran um, suicidal rates, uh, veterans who commit suicide, raise awareness of that. Uh, she's going to hike and run 100 miles, um, and she's been running She's been, um, raising money, um, 
I don't have permission to mention her name, so, um, but, you know, I just wanted to bring up statistics about, uh, veterans, um, so, let's start with this, 30% of active duty and reserve military personnel deployed in Iraq and in Afghanistan have a mental health condition requiring treatment. Approximately 730,000 men and women with, um, with many experienced post-traumatic stress disorder and major depression, less than 50% of returned veterans um, in need receive any mental health treatment. The Veterans Administration reports that approximately 22 veterans die by, by suicide every day. Length of deployments are associated with more emotional difficulties among military children, um, and more mental health problems among U.S. Um, Army wives. And that's just really sad. Twenty t- Today, 22 veterans will die by suicide. Um, and that was basically what they are saying. Um, we don't treat our veterans with um, the greatest respect as this country pretends that it does. You know, we have, what we have Veterans Day coming up, and, you know, we'll, you know, post the status saying, you know, thank you to all the veterans, and um, we may, you know, take out our family members who are veterans out to eat to get them, to get their free meal, you know, and all that jazz, which is great. I think I'm great that we do celebrate them, but I think we would do better at celebrating them by helping them, you know, getting homeless vets off the street, um, helping them, you know, get housing. There's, uh, I've read plenty of stories where, um, people have built these, like, tiny houses for veterans and charge them barely any rent and help them find a job and, um, and get the help that they need. And I know that, like, yes, they got to make a choice, but, you know, at least provide them an opportunity to make a choice to deal with their um, mental health issues because they've seen things and have to deal with things that some of us will don't have the capacity to deal with. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you agree with the wars that we've had in this country or not. The fact that these um, brave men, women, um, you know, have fought for this country um, and done their duty deserve the best care. Um, that we can give them, and more respect than they are receiving now. So I just want you to keep that in mind. When you see a veteran, you know, if they're willing, shake their hand uh, and ask if there's anything that you can do for them, uh, especially the ones that are close. You know, I suggest that you, you know, you contact your senators, um, any, you know, your governors, to just keep on. Um, Trying to get help for these, um, these uh, men and women who have um, served because um, they definitely deserve everything um, that we can do to help them. Um, so now I want to let me just check where I'm at in time. Oh, good, I have plenty of time. Um, let's just get back to my notes. notes. Um, so, I just want to talk... Uh, the second thing I want to um, bring up is uh, just talking about my personal battles with mental health. Um, I think I shared this on the episode, which I think was the first episode of my spiritual journey. Um about, you know, stuff that I've been through in my life. And I'll just give you a, another summary of it. Um, so, as I've described in that um, spiritual journey episode, um, from age five to six, um, I was molested by a, f- uh, a family member. Um, and... Um, you know, that, that's the main source, uh, of my trauma, not the only trauma I've experienced in my life. Um, at eight, 
I would say that I start, I, it's, I know, it started to, I don't want to say affect me, but, like, I kind of realized what had happened to me, um, at age eight, um, I had one that summer, um, a, um, at a fair, a Michael Jordan, um, photo, um, it came in, like, a glass, you know, it had glass in it, but it had, like, a paper, uh, I don't want to say, I guess it's cardboard paper thing, um, frame, and, um, I had, uh, I couldn't deal, I couldn't deal with, because I was having nightmares about being molested, so I couldn't deal with it, um, I had broke the glass in it, and started, um, cut myself on my arms and my legs, um, not so badly where I, um, needed stitches or anything, um, but my mom saw what I was doing, she just took the glass away from me, sweep, um, this is what I remember, swept it up, and I don't, I, I think she might have started entering me into counseling then, um, and I think that's may like, so my, I'm, I'm not going to be 100% accurate because I only remember bits and pieces. So, if mom is listening to this, forgive me. Um, and, you know, anytime I got any, like, um, if I scraped my knee or um, got a cut on my arm from playing outside, I would I would dig into them, make them worse than they needed. Um, started getting counseling. Um, didn't really say anything about it. Um, you know, what I've, what happened to me, um, I think as a kid I was in the, uh, psych ward, like two, maybe two to seven, like, probably like five to seven times, I could be wrong, but I felt like I was there a lot, um, and, um, you know, during my teenager years I was in group homes. Um, the last group on him, I started to deal with it, um, but then, you know, I didn't really deal with it, um, I went through, uh, some counseling as a teenager, still didn't deal with it, dealt with it with, um, drugs and alcohol, and then I got sober at age 20, uh, started to sort of deal with it, I wouldn't say that I started dealing and, like, going to therapy for it, um, I don't, well, I've been to plenty of therapy, I don't, we've never, like, we've brought up the issue, but we've never, like, I've never dug deep into it with a therapist, and it's something that I probably, um, should do, uh, I am gonna be, I need to probably speak to a, a therapist about it, and just finally, like, deal with it, like, I'm at a place where I don't have nightmares anymore, and I have ex sort of accepted it wasn't my fault, um, and that there was nothing that my mom and dad could do at that point, um, because they didn't, they didn't know, and didn't expect that this family member would do anything, um, I don't blame my parents at all, um, and then I would say other traumatic stuff, it was like getting sober, um, I described this on the, on my spiritual journey episode, um, in 2010, um, I had tried to, uh, commit suicide because I couldn't deal with being sober and actually dealing with my problems. Um, and I, that was my last, I, I, I went to the adult psych unit and that was, 2010 was my last, um, mental, you know, health day. Um, and that was, that was, you know. You know, I started getting to counseling again, and then my insurance ran out. Like, I got my insurance taken away, and so uh, whatever I was dealing with, was I began not to deal with it, with it again. And it wasn't until um, 2014 that I experienced some more um, hits on my mental health. Um, unfortunately, in 2014, I um, became homeless. Um... In 2014, I had moved back from PA to back home to um, um, 
I got, I moved back home, and, um, you know, somebody snitched on us. I wasn't technically supposed to be there. I wasn't on the lease. And I was given two days to live, uh, live, uh, to leave, to leave, not live. <laughs> um, they weren't going to tell me. Um, and so I ended up in New Hampshire. Um, I stayed at my girlfriend, now wife's, uh, apartment, uh, for a week, um, for like a month or two at, um, uh, friend's house and then they could no longer house me. And I had nowhere else to go, so I ended up in a men's shelter, uh, October 2014, um, until, uh, February, March, yeah, I think it was February 2016, so I was there for, like, a year and, uh, a year and a half, um, and, um, that, there was a lot of stuff at the shelter that, like, really, it just, it took effect on my mental health, like, I was... I still I try to stay sober when you, and as hard as when your roommates are snorting coke on the, you know, the bedroom dresser or, you know, um, are drunk, um, or there's fights going on, or at one point, um, in 2015 of fall, I had been there for a year, and I just gotten a full-time job, and then I broke my foot slipping on a, uh, storm grate, and, um, so I was in the, you know, recovering in a shelter, and that was, like, you know, I hated it, because, you know, um, it wasn't that comfortable, um, and then, um, I remember at one point, they did a drug raid, and, um, they tried to say that they found some stuff in our room, um, and I, I, I said I didn't know who, who did it, and I, at that time, I didn't know who was doing it, um, and it would not matter if I did or not. They would have kicked um, all of us out if no one fessed up to it. Um, luckily, they made a mistake, and it wasn't our room. It was the room next over. Um, and that was scary because, like, you know, what if I you get you have a broken foot and you get kicked out? And I was using a walker, and I wouldn't be able to carry my stuff, you know. And luckily, that night I didn't get kicked out. Um, Um, so, um, I'm not going to go over everything I've been through, um, but it, you know, I've always had some battle, um, with depression, um, and I think one of the reasons I haven't seeked out therapy, honestly, um, is right now I'm in a, like, a really positive place, um, I am... You know, I'm not working full-time, but I am working part-time. Um, I'm possibly able to get some help with um, vocational rehab. Um, that might, because I do have a learning disability, that I might um, might be able to qualify to go back. They might be able to help me go back to school or find a job that, you know, suits me better. Excuse me, my throat was dry. Um... You know, so that, there's good things going on, and I worry that I'll see a therapist and start talking about things, and I might go into a, um, a dark, um, depression. Um, maybe not. Um, you know, but I know that, um... Therapy, it would be real. I still think therapy would be really great with me, especially with the stuff that I've been through. Um, especially, um, if I'm being honest with myself, there was an incident with a, a church that I was going to in Maine, um, where after a while, where you know, I was going through stuff and they realized I wasn't going to be able to help out as much as I could. I basically, uh, was abandoned, um, you know, I was kind of like, well, we don't know how to help you, and just go to therapy, um, which to me, like, it wasn't, that's not a bad suggestion, it's just like, if you're supposed to be my, my pastor, 
uh, and one of your your members, flawed congregation, is going through stuff, especially, you know, somebody that's always been, you know, when the time I was there, I was always there for that, for that pastor and his family, that you can't be there f for me, and I'm, not that I've ever, like, I never asked to constantly um, meet with me, uh, pay attention to me, but the fact that I reached out, and uh, because I wasn't helping much at the church as much as I was used to, and I had quite doing sound, I was kind of like put to the side. Um, you know. So, I, and I don't, th I don't think I've really ever gotten over that, um, and I think that's something I need to work out. So that you know, that's gonna. I definitely think therapy will be uh, a, a good thing, and maybe, maybe I won't go into a dark place. Um, and that's the next point, and this brings me to my next point. Um, uh, is the importance of self care. It's important. Self care is so important. Um, with mental health, um, because your physical, as much as important as your physical health is, your mental health is as much as important, if not more, um, because if your mental health is not in check, you, um, just let you know, um, I have jacked up teeth, um, partially due to my drug use, um, and, but more to depression. Uh, bad, bad bouts of depression I've been through uh, where I haven't... When I get really in a really bad place, I don't take care of myself. Um, I, I eat a lot worse than I do when I'm not depressed. Um, I don't brush my teeth. Um, I don't... Sh I, I, uh, well, I, shave, I don't shave either way, way when I'm depressed or not, so that's not really... Um, but I, I, I only shower maybe once or twice a week. Um, I difficult to get out of bed. Um, I don't change my clothes. Like, so like, just know that the importance of self care, um, especially with your mental health, is a big, big, big deal. So, one of the things that I think is that can help you with. Ooh, excuse me, little burpy burp. Um. One of the things that can help you with self-care is finding coping skills. Um, coping skills, um, definition of, co of coping is to deal uh, with using techniques or skills to deal with your um, with what you're going through. Um, so for me, listening to music, um, uh, music has been a big, big, um, help, um, and sometimes music isn't a big help for me, um, I know when, sometimes when I get, um, really depressed, I really listen to really, like, dark music, and that doesn't really help, and I'm not saying that you have to listen to happy music or positive music, but I think it's good to find a happy medium, I mean, so maybe for you, it does help you to listen to dark music, because then, you, maybe it helps you recognize that you are going through some stuff. Um, but music has been a big help. I would say, um, I know this is going to sound weird, but there's like th um, three uh, bands and artists that have helped me out. Um, is Slipknot, um, uh, recently NF, um, he's, a, he's a rapper, um, and, um, um, what's his name? Oh, Chris Stapleton, um, The Beatles, and, um, Led Zeppelin, and Tupac. Like, those six artists and bands, um, have brought me through a lot. Um, also Rod Wave, um, his music is really, um, helpful too. Um, sometimes I, you know, I'll write down what I'm going through, um, play video games, um, what else do I do, um, I have, uh, what helps my mental health a lot, um, or has been helping it, especially, 
with the pandemic and stuff, uh, since I, uh, we've moved into um, a city here in New Hampshire called Keene, um, I try to meet with a, uh, a friend of mine once a week to have coffee and talk. Just having someone, you know, having a friend to talk to for at least two hours a week um, can be helpful. Um, I think that's very important to find someone who isn't going to judge you, um, who is going to encourage you to do better, um, um, or just to be there for you. Um, um, it's good, I, I, I highly suggest that, you know, and this is going to do with my, um, um, sub point, um, because coping skills was my first, this is my second, coping skills was my first sub point, and therapy is my second sub point, and this is going to, to do with therapy, in therapy, they will help you find coping skills, um, because I can't, I'm not going to tell you that, um, that mental health, your mental health, if you have bipolar or have PTSD or any mental illness, that it will ever just be, that it will ever go away. And so coping skills are um, a great, um, are a great tool to help you get through the bad times. And therapy, like I've been discussing, is really good. Um, but you got to find, sometimes you're going to go through two or three therapists because not all therapists are the same. Not all of them, um, are the right fit for you. Um, cause some, um, I've known, uh, I have, um, again, I don't have, I'm not, I'll never mention anybody's name without their permission, but I have a friend, um, whose therapist doesn't listen to her. Um, and, um, and I hope, I, I don't know if she's going to be looking for a new therapist, but, you know, you gotta find a therapist that, like, listens to you, and you have to let them know what you're going through and what, um, you gotta find a therapist that wants to see you do better and is not looking to collect a paycheck, because unfortunately, there are therapists that are there to just collect a paycheck. Um, so therapy's important. Group therapy um, so you can find people who are going through the same stuff like you, and you can, maybe you'll find friends through that, find a network of people to contact, um, again, group therapy may not always work, um, especially if being in groups is not, um, your cup of tea, um, but I do suggest group therapy, um, and my third sub-point uh, is with healthy boundaries. Um, a word that gets abused in the culture a lot is triggers. Um, especially in this cult culture today, is triggers get really, that word just gets abused a lot. Um, a lot of people use the word trigger um, to, um, so they won't offend people or, um, try to protect people from if they've dealt with trauma and they're talking about something that might trigger something. But a lot of people just use it because it's a cool word to use. But triggers, triggers are a very serious thing and you got to find out what triggers you. So that, mean, might, that might mean you have to set up healthy boundaries. Um, that might be maybe you have a family member that, um, is caught, that causes you a lot of drama or a lot of stress. Um, Maybe you need to set up boundaries where you don't have as much contact with them until they realize, you know, or until they understand what they're doing affects you. Um, and they may never, and you just have to keep that healthy boundary. Um, maybe you don't, um, maybe if you're going through a whole, um, a bad depression, maybe um, limit the time that you're on social media. Um, limit, maybe phase out the news and don't watch the media at all. Um, don't read news articles that are depressing. Um, you know, maybe, and sometimes you got to end a relationship with a girlfriend, boyfriend, um, you know, or if, you know, you know, relationships that are not healthy, 
um, that contribute to you spiraling. Like, if you're in a relationship and that person's not treating you well, and um, is emotionally, mentally, uh, physically abusing you, maybe you need to end that. And I know that's not always the easiest. I hope you can find, there are resources out there that can um, help you to um, end those relationships safely. Um, And I know that it always doesn't end up in a safe way, so I just please be as safe as you can. Um, Healthy boundaries are going to be key to what helps you get your um, mental health um, balanced or to get better. Um, I believe, I really believe in healthy boundaries um, because it has helped me not be as anxious or um, get into another long period of um, depression. Um, So again, find out what your healthy boundaries are. Um, And I just want to get into my fourth um, thing that I wanted to talk to you about. What can we do to bring awareness of mental health and help those struggling with their mental health? Um, If you're a person who's listening to this and you don't struggle with um, depression or any type of mental illness, um, kudos to you. I think that's awesome. But more than likely, you do know someone that is battling um, with depression, bipolar, or what have you, or self-harm, or suicidal thoughts. And what you can do, a lot of times, you just need to be there for the person and let them vent. Um, I will say, um, if you, um, suicidal thoughts are a serious thing, um, and if you feel like that they are going to, um, commit suicide, um, need to help with them, um, getting on the suicide prevention line, um, you know, hold their hand while they're talking to someone on that suicide prevention line, um, or maybe you need to have them committed, um, um, for, like, I know some places have, like, a 36-hour hold. And I know that is a tough decision to make, and it can um, put a strain on the relationship. But if they, it is better to have them alive. Um, it's better to have them angry at you than them being dead. Um, it's just you know, a lot of times we we think, oh they're not gonna they're not gonna do it, and you just never know. Um, if they are going to do it. So just take the proper precautions. Um, you know, drive them to their appointments. Um, you know, you know, help them. You know, um, my wife recently helped out a co-worker uh, who struggles with um, their mental health. And um, this person was so down in the dumps and depressed um, that they weren't able to clean the room or um, house in like two or three weeks, and she just took two hours of her day off and helped out. You know, didn't like try to counsel or anything like that. Just helped, you know, clean up and whatever this person needed. So even like acts of kindness is a big thing. Um, maybe take them out to um, well, in some restaurants you can go out to eat. I'm not suggesting if you go out to public places and eat, um, especially if COVID's going to spike, but that's what you do. Like, or maybe order DoorDash and share some food, a meal, um, have a movie night, um, you know, board game night, just anything to lift their spirits. But most importantly, let them vent. Don't, don't give advice unless they are asking for it. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. That we have a problem in, in um, the culture today is, or has always been a problem is that people want to help, and then they end up giving advice when no one's asking for it, and then they wonder why it's not received or they don't, or that person doesn't do, um, doesn't, you know, act out the advice that has been given. Um, with giving people advice, especially with their mental health, if they ask for it, fine. Um, but if they don't follow through, just keep on being there for them. 
Um, and I would say if you are helping someone with their mental health problems, it's going to take a toll on your mental health. So if you need to reach out to someone, maybe you need to seek counseling, therapy, what have you. Um, because it can, like, um, like I said, uh, there's no cure for depression or, um, some of these sorts, a lot of people say eating right and all that stuff will, um, cure a lot of the mental health problems. And I think that's true to a certain extent, but I do think, um, I've known people who are healthy, who are, who don't eat like I am, who deal with depression. So, um. You know, just with all that stuff that I told you, just be there for them. Um, if you really want to bring awareness, um, cause, um, I kind of hit on how to help those struggling. So let's get to the first part of that point of bringing awareness. Um, on social media, just, uh, you know, post statistics, make people aware of the suicidal rate, make them aware of the mental health problem in this country. Um, there's, you know, if you are a runner, run for mental health awareness. Um, you know, you can do that. Um, especially with soldiers, um, you know, 22 dying every day from suicide. Um, be there for them. Um, champion for them. Uh, you know, like, like I said in the beginning, contact senators. Um, you know, advocate for them to get help that they need. Um, you know, um, you know, maybe start, um, you know, um, your own groups at your, um, I don't know if community centers are open, but like, like do Zoom groups with your, um, friends. Um, and they don't have to be friends who necessarily have mental health issues or struggle with mental health issues. You can do that to help them out, but um, maybe um, do a Zoom once a month to discuss how you're going to help veterans with uh, mental health issues or people or just people in general who have mental health issues, how you're going to help them in your community. Um, you know, um, more importantly, it's just um, sometimes you have to be the advocate for the person who is going through that stuff. Because a lot of times, um, I know when I've gone through depression, um, I have lost hope and I've lost hope of helping myself. Uh, so sometimes you have to be their advocate. Um, and that would help bring awareness and help some, helps people who are struggling with it. Um, so yeah, um, I hope that this has... Um, shine a light on the importance of dealing with mental health. Um, if you yourself are dealing with mental health um, and need somebody to talk to, um, you can reach me on, you can message me on Facebook. Um, that's Brian Luke Lehman. Um, my email is 116, and with my last name, L-E-E-M-A-N, 1989 at gmail.com, 116, I mumbled that, 116-L-E-E-M-A-N-1989 at gmail.com. Uh, you can also reach me on my Facebook page for this podcast, Lehman's Random Podcast, if you feel uh, you want to do that way. Um, so reach out to me. I will always lend a list, um, listen in year. I will always listen and try to help you out the best I can. Go to therapy. Um, you know, Check out the resources in your uh, area, um, and just know there is there are brighter days. You can get through this. Um, the darkness does not last forever, um, and you are not defined by your mental illness, your depression, your anxiety, your PTSD, your bipolar, your you know whatever you have, schizophrenic, multiple personalities. You're not defined um, by that. Um, you are your own unique person. Um, you do have an identity. Um, and you are important. Um, and I just want to bring up... One second. I want to bring up the suicide... Um, 
hotline. Let me Google that. I should have put that in my notes. Um, so this is a, if you're feeling like you're suicidal, this is a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It is 800-273-8255. That is 800-273-8255. And it also gives you the ability to chat if you don't feel like calling. They do have an app, an option for you to, to chat. Um, and, you know, please get the help that you that you need. We need you here. Um, I don't want you any of you to battle this alone. Um, so, again, reach out to me. Reach out to that prevention hotline. And I just want to, um, you know, this is one of my favorite quotes from um, an author, John Green. Um, I just, and this is what I, uh, it's just one of my favorite quotes. Um, it's, there is hope even when your brain tell you, tells you that there isn't. There is hope even when your brain tells you that there isn't. And I just want to let you know, um, there is hope out there. Um, you know, again, darkness doesn't last forever. Um, you know, I hope that you are, um, doing okay. And if you're not, again, reach out to somebody and know that you are loved um, and that we want you to stay here. We want you to get help. Um, again, be an advocate for veterans with dealing with mental health. Um, help out your friends. Be an, an ally to the black community and other innocent you know, Hispanic, Asian, um, all those um, that are non-white. Um, they do struggle a lot, especially with, um, how racist this country is. Um, you know, and reach out to senior citizens. They have been isolated the most. Uh, I think, um, you know, they haven't been able to see their family, especially if they're in nursing homes. Um, but stay safe out there. Um, just know that there is hope. Love you guys. This has just been another episode of the Lehman's Random Podcast.